0: This week on Super Skull issue number 9, Curtis Sullivan is back! We have a new Fast and Nasty champion, and we conclude that being reunited really does feel so good.
1: And here we are, another episode of the Super Skull. I am Marcus Schwimmer, joined by my friends and co-workers the three amigos are back in action Nick Wybar we're back we are back you and I my friend have a little adventure going on after this podcasting we have
0: an exciting night ahead of us of inventory and staying up till way too late that's right Vault Midnight Ann Arbor is getting a comprehensive cleaning Floor cleaning, and carpets. And you get to do inventory. And while they're there, making sure that everything's cool, we also get to do inventory for it's, six to nine hours. Oh man,
1: it's the night I've been
2: waiting
0: for. It sounds incredible. I wish I could be there with you. But it's, I've got sleeping plans, it's so it get weird.
1: Alright, and speaking of weird, joined with us once again, our Lord and Savior Curtis Sullivan. Welcome back from the Gr. Lord and Savior. I don't know. It just came out. I I, I don't regret it. In one way, I don't regret it. Somebody's going to get pissed off about it. Yo, someone's going to be so... um, How was your Grand Rapids trip?
2: It was great. So I was out at the Grand Rapids location of Vault of Midnight for Art Prize, which is an annual, gigantic... I think it's the world's largest uh, democratically voted in art competition it's one of the biggest prizes it, for art in the country I the think, whole world right? even for the whole world yeah. even. I know it's pretty nuts it's huge so it's super busy tons of people it's a really good time I had a lot of fun I saw some great stuff yeah um, awesome to hang out in the Grand Rapids shop it, I the shop's imagine. so great yeah I love every time I go out there I just I love it yeah, yeah.
0: so um, but I'm, I'm happy to be back um, but We're I had a lot have of fun happy to have you back we missed yeah.
1: you buddy yeah we missed you hardcore I Ian missed the cast it was
0: great having Ian yeah he's, he's outstanding dude's a natural I was wor- but it's good to have you I back. I was worried. He's such a classy dude with such a
2: great voice. I thought maybe... That we would just replace you. I might be. I might right. replace you. We yeah. talked about it. We had a meeting. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. But you're back now. Yeah, fact, so it's and fine. You're ready to go. Speaking of ready to go, we are going to dive right into this week's recommended comics. As always, each of us will give you three comics that we think you should check out this week on New Comic Book Day. I'm going to kick it off. And uh, I'm going to kick it off with this totally awesome... Comic Arrow Season 2.5. So, I've talked about it a little bit. I am a huge Arrow fan.
2: I did not know that. Huge Arrow fan. I did know that.
1: I know you did. Um, But, why am I a huge Arrow fan? I'm a huge Arrow fan because I think DC is kicking Marvel's butt in the TV adaptation world right now. Mm. Um, And while the first half of Season 1 of Arrow is a little shaky, man, the show Starts hitting all those notes that I want my superhero TV show to... Um, what are those notes? Those notes are, it takes itself seriously, but not too seriously. Sure. Right? Because there is a certain ridiculous premise to any superhero show.
2: Um, I don't... know. No. <laughs> people wearing costumes to me, like people right. say that all the time. No. Not ridiculous. Okay. You buy it. I am making a prediction, a bold prediction, that yeah. in 10 to 15 years, people will dress like superheroes. Uh-huh. There will be a fashion craze... And you will see half capes and superhero type outfits run of the mill all day long, every day.
0: Note your calendars. We're saying it right now. I'm saying Ten it now. Years. Or less. Curtis is calling. Or less. I bet you a dollar. Ooh, I don't know. If superhero I'm make that bad fashion you're, you're will like,
2: invade <laughs> our everyday lives He's so sooner than you think. Bought on with so much stuff.
1: I just don't want to lose that dollar. Either way, what else do I like about it? I think they do a good job with casting. Mm-hmm. Um, while Smallville was kind of the guinea pig. I think for a lot of these shows, um, that show had some major casting problems and lost a lot of its audience before the end. But Arrow's done a really great job with casting. Mm. And um, so the season 2.5, what it is, is it's a small little filler arc between season two and season three. Season three premiering tomorrow. Well, I guess when the podcast comes out today. Yeah. But um, man, it is just a good, enjoyable show. So and this
2: works, uh, this is the bridge? This between? is the bridge between the two seasons. Got
1: it. And that being said, uh, I've you know, I've read this issue already. If you have not watched Arrow, you can totally pick this comic up.
0: Just dive you know,
1: in. There might be some backstory things you're missing out on. But as like a standalone Green Arrow comic, it totally can stand on its own two feet. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just a lot of fun. And this show is really good. And I was so hesitant to watch it because I hate 90% of the stuff on The CW. And, uh, but it's just, it's what a good comic book show TV, or uh, yeah, good comic book TV show Yeah, be. a
2: lot of people say they didn't like it right out of the gate, but yeah. I've only seen maybe the first five or six, and I, I gotta say, right first episode, I was I was on board. I was digging on it. Yeah, and, well, so,
1: your homeboy, Slade, plays a huge part in this series.
2: That's my dude. And
1: with season three, they've already announced and shown some promo pictures that Raza Ghoul is the bad guy.
0: Okay. And he looks so good. Awesome. I love what I'm hearing. I want yeah. more Razagul in and, my life just it, in general.
1: Oh yeah. And they they dropped some pretty cool cameos, There's a Suicide Squad cameo in this show, um Harley Quinn dropping in voiceover cameo so they're going to do some cool stuff with it
2: DC. so University. if you're a fan of the show this comic is going to feel
1: supernatural for you should you should totally you pick can this dive up. right in it's going to fill in so you know one of the negatives of this tv thing is is with this 2.5 they're going to allude to stuff in the tv show that takes place in these comics mm-hmm. so you kind of have to pick up if you want to be like right on right but um that being said it's
2: it reads just like the tv show awesome it's got great flow so
1: that's my number one pick Arrow Season 2.5. Curtis, what do you got for us, number one?
2: Uh, I'm going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man. This is issue number seven. So Spider-Man is just everywhere right now. Edge of Spider-Verse is going on, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun. So there's a ton of Spider-Books out there. Um, I love this reboot. I love Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man. I have since he started. I liked Superior. Um, This new uh, run of Amazing Spider-Man, I recommended it to like a 10-year-old kid today. And I had no compunction about doing so. It's always kind of been that way too. It's like it's totally all age friendly. Absolutely, and it but it's still got meat, and it's still a good book. If you're older, you're still going to dig it. It's mm-hmm. not a kiddie book per se. I think they just nail Peter Parker in this book. It's it's just great. The art kills. Um, this issue has Miss Marvel popping in over from Jersey. <sighs> Um, somebody is wearing a Carol Danvers outfit and committing crimes. Ooh! So Miss Marvel gets a little, you know, tweet about this. Yeah, and she ain't gonna stand for it. She read. She read about it on Twitter. And and she read about it on the <laughs> internet. So, and uh, so she, she's got a book over to New it's York. Total Miss Marvel skipping school to go fight crime yeah. and yeah. protect the good name of Carol she, Danvers because of something she
0: saw on the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: She only gets better as time goes on. Miss, like she just they've done such a good job with her Khan. and we're going to be talking about Rules. a DC book in a little bit that I think is trying to tap into this Miss Marvel mm-hmm. power trade which I think is a ahead. super smart move yeah. comic
2: publishers pay attention to Miss Marvel and do yeah. a ton more like it it's one of my like favorite it. books
0: that's come out this year man. Yep. This, it's so good and it's I think, spot on I
2: think the mold works for anything yeah. You know, you take that Miss Marvel, and by that I mean compelling, good, well-written characters that are, yeah. you know, actual characters, mm-hmm. no matter what their race or creed or sex or whatever.
0: Um, so just do a good book. What makes it work so well? Is it the fact that it's focused more on her and less on all of the crazy shit that's happening around them because they're in a superhero universe? Is I wonder. Is it because it's more character-driven? Is that is that what the secret recipe is? There's so, a lot of Marvel, successful Marvel books yeah. recently that seems to be the you know that's the dynamic
1: I, for me at least i think what's so compelling about the miss marvel series is that it represents the world i actually live in mm-hmm. and so many comic books don't
2: you know and it's right? hyper in the sense yeah, of like of there's weird costumes it's and powers and stuff but
1: you know of a- a- avengers being a great example You know, so much of Avengers is not representative to the world we live in. Right. The ratio's not correct. There's not, even Mm -hmm. if people are racially different in the Avengers, their personalities all kind of mold into these archetypes. Mm -hmm. And Miss Marvel does a great job of stepping back and saying like, yes, this main character is a superhero, but let's focus on these actual problems she has that have nothing to do with her being a superhero, but have her dealing with things about being a teenager who's part of a minority in the United States and that's what makes that book so great.
2: Well, and also too, I think, you know, if we, if we're looking for a common thread like Hawkeye and uh, Miss Marvel and even Amazing Spider-Man right now and a bunch of other books She-Hulk, mm-hmm. it's the supporting cast. Yeah. You know, it, all the characters that are around Miss Marvel, you know, the boy she likes and the kids she goes to school with. Yeah. You know, they're all they all even though they pop in and out of the frame you want to? You're interested. They're fleshed. They're, they're out. fleshed out, yeah. even though they're not the lead characters. And the camera is close, and it's yeah.
0: focused on them. Yep. You know,
2: mm. I, a good supporting cast. I think you know. I, I think it's why I like like Chris Nolan's Batman movies so good. Like the first one. Yeah. Like I just loved all the side people that you don't see a lot, but when they pop into frame and do their bit, you're you're interested. Yeah. And it fleshes out that world, and it sells the thing that's happening. The big the big super story. So. Not,
1: not to nerd out about Miss Marvel too much, but there's been a lot of hype on the internet. Her brother is a very interesting character in the Miss Marvel um, universe. Oh, and the, and the question is like, is what's going to happen with him? Mm-hmm. And because he is a little bit more serious on the religious side of things, I see. And so people are starting to to theorize like, is, is there going to be a point, a breaking point, where like either he goes a little bit extreme and she has to counteract that extremeness? Or is that too much right now? That'll be interesting. People are going yeah. just crazy on I the internet. See how that, that book works. is just yeah. so current yep. and relevant, and yeah. it's
2: great. No, and it's uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you're not reason- reading Amazing Spider-Man yet, just pick up any issue. This is a great issue to just jump right in. It's got a great backup Spider Verse story with like a Captain Britain core uh from earth you know 2083 the cover's
0: got spider-man but it's like uh it's got the british he's got the captain britain kind of instead of his spider-man look i'm I'm digging it
2: it's super fresh i i love the way they're just going nuts with these alternate spider-verse stuff it it rules it's great um amazing spider number seven jump in check it out still dan slot you can read any of his spider-man stuff and be happy so yeah Still
0: great. Cool, cool. Yeah. Nick, what do you got for us? Number one, I'm gonna start with Black Sad, published by Dark Horse. It's uh, Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo uh, Garnido's doing the art. Uh, Canales is writing it. The Black Sad series. If you haven't read it yet, you are missing out. It's gorgeous, man. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. He's getting so. This came out in uh, in France uh, in 2000 was when yeah. the first Black Sad book came out. And the idea is that John Black Sad is like. He is a detective. He's a it's a fifties noir detective story at its heart. Yeah. Like super hard boiled. But all of the characters they're all anthropomorphic mm-hmm. characters, which normally is really obnoxious. It's not typically my jam. It's hard to do. Sometimes it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just and that's not because of the form itself, it's just but historically the books that have tried to do it totally miss the mark. And it's also like a weird niche, like adult book thing that you see a lot is right. anthropomorphize it's a bummer right can be this is outstanding the art is amazing the forms that the different animal people take all serve a different purpose to their character and this one john black said uh is uh trying to well he's given a job he has to drive an eldorado to utah that's his job he's trying Love to like it. he's trying to get out of the dangerous detective game he's sick of getting shot at he takes a safe job I'm just going to drive this El Dorado to Utah. That's all I got to do. It's going to be no problem. It's going to be no problem. It's going to be totally fine. It's not totally fine. So this is uh, book three yes. in its current publish, you know, published format. Yeah, and it, that has been released in the States. Right. Um but, uh, yeah, this is the third one. Silent Hell is the second one, and the first one's just called Black Sad. Black Sad. Yeah, it's, it's just a great detective book with amazing art. The art is out, outrageous. It's, I mean, it's,
2: uh, it's so fine. It's like European, you know, humanoids publishing fine. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's presented in that oversized, you know, kind of European album format, too. Like
0: the graphic album. Yeah, it's exactly. so beautiful. Yeah, yeah it looks I, I, great. I can't get enough of this book, and it's getting. So the first one felt there's sometimes you, you know that thing when you're reading French books that have been translated to English. Mm-hmm. There's just a little break there. It's just like I don't know if it's just lost in translation, but there's just you read it and you can still dig it. And like right. the Mobius stuff and Yotarowski stuff is brilliant. Yeah, but you can tell you're reading a book that's translated. Sure, you know what I'm saying. And And you feel
2: like maybe localized
0: to a degree. Or maybe there's just some aspect of it that just doesn't, you know, they can't make the words do what they want to do in English. And I don't know if that's the translator. I don't know if that's the writing originally. It's just always a thing. It doesn't detract from the enjoyment of the book at all, I think. But there's always something that you notice. And I don't notice it at all in this. I don't know Mm -hmm. know if it's just a better translation or if he's writing differently. But, uh, man, oh, man, it's really, really good.
2: Yeah, and, and sometimes you wonder the translator, too. Are they very, very fluent? Not only in in both languages, but but culturally. Oh man, right. You know, translator
0: is that. Yeah, that'll that'll make the that'll make the book in prose or in comics for sure.
1: Awesome. Well, it looks cool. I love the love the size of it.
2: Absolutely.
1: I I forgot
2: it was coming out, and there was this time. So this book has an interesting publishing history in the states. Yeah. So in the first Black Sad volume, there's three kind of smaller books collected into one. Right, and the first two came out, and then three never came out oh, right? no. for like years and years and years, and then finally Dark Horse picked it up. They put the third one in there and put them all out in one big book. But then it was like Silent Hell, and now this new one, Armadillo. It's like we're kind of getting some black Sad at a much quicker pace. Yeah, totally. And it's totally awesome because yeah. it was like it was tough to get Absolutely. for many years in the states. Yeah. So yeah, it's very cool.
1: Sweet. All right. Well, I'm going to dive into my number two book. It is War Stories Castles in the Sky by Garth Ennis. Now, I am a huge history uh, nerd. Yeah. uh, Especially for World War II history. Moreover, especially for aviation, World War II. History. So a lot World of people, War II is my favorite war. A
0: lot of people may not know this about you, Marcus, but yeah. uh, you you are in airplanes quite often.
1: I, I am, yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah. I'm in the I'm in the U.S. Civil Air Patrol, uh, where the we're the auxiliary for the Air Force. So I fly often. Actually, um, well, I'm in the airplane often. My job isn't to be a pilot, but um, thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. Jeez. For everyone, that is the best. Um, but yeah, so I'm a huge aviation nut, and. Um, and especially, like, military aviation has just always fascinated me because it's led to all these other developments. And being in the Ann Arbor area, we have such a local tie to World War II aviation history, being so close to the Willow Run plant. Right, sure. Um, where, the you know, Ford Motor Company essentially built the, quote-unquote, arsenal of democracy um, right here in Michigan. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this war story is uh, Curtis picked up and... Uh, he said, "Hey, you should read this," and he was totally right. It's a big uh, epic about World War II aviation fighting, and I was hooked on it right away. But then you turn one, two, three pages, and it's got this huge two-page spread of the just American that German like dogfight. Dogfight, like yeah. That's the technical and, uh, term. It's got the It's got the German BF 109 here. Which is a, a classic, but so what I really appreciate about so this the, book, is this a bomber? Yeah, sure it's, is. It's, it's
2: trying to do its work, and it's, these to fighters are yep. coming in.
1: Yep, and the BF 109s are doing what they're what they're you know supposed to be doing, and that's taking down the bombers. But what I really like about this book is you can tell that uh, the creative team behind this book has really done their homework because if a nerd like me can look at these airplanes and be like, "Yeah, that's pretty spot that's, on," this plane. yeah, yeah. It, um, they've really done their homework. But man, you know, uh, growing up, I was really into those old World War II kind of like propaganda movies that you could find. Yeah. Um, you know, like, Our Boys in Blue are out fighting in the skies. And, you know, I just love those. I still love them. Not like the weird racist ones. No, no, like no. Dogs, not like right? the Walt Disney ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, those were terrible.
0: Those but, are interesting historically, though. Yeah, but yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just imagine like 10-year-old Marcus.
1: Kill <laughs> like, kill the... Dot. No, but, um, but man, this book just has like a real... When I read it, it brings me back to being a kid and like watching the old school John Wayne world war ii movies as a kid and i think there's a market for that you know this movie or this uh movie it's that good no this comic tackles some issues that are going on during world war ii it's not all propaganda go get them johnny but um it's just so it's got such a cinematic feel to it and uh there's a scene at the end we were talking about it before we started rolling here on the podcast where um one of the bombers has a crew in it and it's on fire And they're, like, trapped inside this bomber. Yeah, you're, like, sweating. Yeah, it's a terrible fear, right? It's because, like, if you're in one of these giant metal ovens, flying ovens, essentially, and it catches on fire, there's nothing. There's very little you can do. sounds horrible. I don't don't want to do that at all. But (laughs) this comic captures that sense of urgency and panic, and that this is, like, a real thing that happened. Um, Man, so good. I'm going to plow through all of these war stories I just know and I was a little hesitant to, at first because it's it's published by this Avatar um, sure. publishing agency one that I'm not terribly familiar with but if you're a history guy or into World War II um, man this comic is just right for you and the art is
0: just stuck can I borrow that book for a second yeah. I want to see if that's the smell of the book or the hot damn because Avatar historically, we talked about this recently. It has a pati- particular scent, and it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah. There was a time when you, you they see had, had a bad Avatar, smell. It was the, the books themselves. Yeah. yeah, it was it was horrible. Right. It was some weird chemical smell. But that's the hot damn. That's not that's, okay. of that. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's right. not the comic book. Yeah, so, the book smells um, good.
2: We should say though, Garth Ennis, right? Uh, fantastic a, writer, especially of this type of stuff. He is yeah. the the guy you want doing your war. Stuff absolutely battlefields. He, he knows his stuff. Yep. He did another book called War, Stories, war uh, Stories, same title for Vertigo. He just knows his stuff, and he has an understanding of all these various theaters of war. Very interesting moments because World War II is this sprawling world war. Yep. And there's a ton of different moments and things that you just I never knew about. Yep. You know, Finnish ski troops. You know, yeah. That's that's interesting stuff. And, and you know, them going up against Russian tank battalions. And uh, just interesting stuff. And Ennis knows his stuff. He knows his guns. He knows his vehicles. I mean, his,
1: like I'm, I'm just giving this book a even harder look through the second time. And, like the patches are right. Yeah, right on the bomber jackets. Like this patch is absolutely correct for what's going on. And like I, as someone who loves history, I appreciate that. And yeah. not only the fact that he's done the research, but he's wrapped it in this super compelling story. Yeah. that kind of captures the moment.
0: Even his like, he, so he did that book Fury. Oh, my War Gone By. War Gone By. That was killer. Which was Nick Fury in Vietnam. Oh, it was through <gasps> all the various theaters yeah, that he's been in. Like, exactly. each issue was, like, that's a right. different
2: war that Nick Fury had been in. Yeah. It's spot on.
0: And so that was, like, comic book pretend stuff,
2: but still, like,
0: war-focused.
2: and Filled like, with all the the details, the, the reality that's real, bits. I, that's
0: my favorite Garth Ennis.
2: It's good stuff. Yep. Man.
0: I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited that...
1: You showed this to me because this is just everything I, I want. Um, and, and if you know a-
0: the name Garth Ennis, he's Preacher, right. most famous, we should say, for Absolutely. Preacher. Right. Right. is big one. The boys. So, yeah, a ton of stuff. But um,
1: yep. Man, dive into this book. Even if you're not a huge history buff, it, it, it deserves your attention for sure. So yeah, Garth Ennis, uh, War Stories, Castles in the Sky, one of three. It's another great thing about this. I'm, I'm re- As I'm getting older, I'm starting to dig the shorter... Completed series, yeah. Um, instead of the ever going, but well, never ending.
2: We read yeah. a
0: lot of books, you know. It's cool if some of them end. <laughs> you know? ideally. Yeah, ideally, like a story does. <laughs> like a story
2: will sometimes do. Like a
0: story sometimes like has a beginning and a middle and an end. Yeah, yeah, which I've heard about. I read comics, so I don't know if that's true. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Curtis, what do you got for us, number two? Number two, I'm going to start with the Chilling Adventures oh. of Sabrina. I'm excited about this. this number one, so good. Okay, so. I've been trying to get everybody to read Afterlife with Archie. You and me both. It's hard to do. You, you look at it and you think Archie and zombies and a lot of people immediately. So a lot of people don't care about Archie at all. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, Archie was this this throwaway thing for a long time. It was it's, just Archie for the sake of Archie. It's for, pretty benign. For decades. Well, and you it's,
1: pick it up in the supermarket.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Right.
2: That's,
1: that's where you were exposed to Archie the to most. Shut your it. kid up. Yeah. yeah. But
2: I, I get it now, I think. Does it make just sense to you now? Regular Archie. The sameness in the in the kind of um, what's the word the homogeneous uh, nature of it. Yeah, the, it's there is a thing there, and it's been around for a long time, and yeah. there there's a reason. Yeah. Um, so all that said, Afterlife with Archie is this scary real deal horror comic, and I love it. And the art is by um, Francisco Francavia. Oh my goodness! Who is one of the absolute best artists to emerge in the last you know. Five years. Mm-hmm. He colors his own stuff. He is just gorgeous. Um, so, Afterlife with Archie is a home run. And I bring it up because it's written by this guy, uh, Roberto Aguera Saska, mm-hmm. um, who is also doing the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Ah. He's a very, very good writer. Um, so, this first issue does the Sabrina story. But it, it does it real-deal horror. It amps it up to an R-rated Rosemary's Baby level. Is it tied to Afterlife with Archie? So it's it's not directly tied, but um, it is in the same universe, clearly. So this is essentially Sabrina's origin story. It starts with the birth of Sabrina. Oh. And it's totally awesome and how she gets her cat and all the stuff everybody knows from classic Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but much it, darker. It's very if, dark. If
1: you are... When you think Sabrina, if you think the TGIF, nope, Sabrina after Family Matters, you are in for a rude no. This care. is this is R rated real horror it's, stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good gems. R rated, really? R rated. Yeah, oh yeah, no no For sure,
2: it's totally Rosemary's Baby. Right out of the gate, you know, um, Sabrina's mom, uh, you know, marries a guy who's a witch, and uh, their baby, their child, is pledged to the coven. All right, and the right mom the says, "Nope, not going to do it," and she tries to run away, and they catch her. Bad things happen to the
0: mom. Wow, well, and, um, that's not what I was expecting. Because even afterlife with Archie, some scary stuff happens, but I don't remember it being all no, like, right. No, it's totally no, rated. So, like, if you keep going with afterlife, people's necks are getting oh, ripped down. Oh no, that's out. true. You're totally you know, it's uh, totally right. Uh,
2: but like yep.
1: with this, you learn right in the beginning that like Sabrina isn't supposed to be born. Right? Sure. So it's like through dark magic that she's conceived. A pact so like, was made. Right. So like the essence of Sabrina yeah. is that she's not a natural being and the only reason she's here
2: is because dark magic has, exists and a pact is made. Oh, a, they invoke and, the name oh, of Lucifer, right? Oh, yeah. Right out of the gate. I'm totally into it. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. So is it directly tied to Afterlife? No, but it's absolutely the same universe. The Sabrina that we see yeah. in...
0: Afterlife with Archie. He's directly responsible for the afterlife. Yeah, absolutely. Is this Sabrina? Yeah, yeah. okay. But and
1: the, the cool thing about this book is, I as I read it a bit today, is like, what a perfectly timed great fall.
2: Absolutely. Read. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like
1: it's it's Halloweeny, but not in a in a ch- chintzy way. Nope. It's like good solid horror that's perfect for fall.
2: And it's yep. in in good hands. This uh, the guy writing it is uh, he's just a knockout writer. The artist, this guy. um Robert Hack, mm-hmm. the art's great. It's got this really cool old Robert, school. Robert Hack, not no, it's a hack. really good. You didn't, you didn't feel like it was a bit overdone. I think there's a few moments where faces kind of lose me. Yeah, but I like the style that they're going. Okay, for. yeah, I would agree with that. Like, it's I, almost like it's a, a flashback the whole the time. Yeah, you know.
1: Okay. Yeah, because when you said that, I agree. The art's beautiful, but there was times where, like, I would kind of have a hard time picking out who was who because the faces kind of rushed The faces. Oh yeah, me so a this is bit. awesome. So the dates, because this book takes place throughout a, a little good chunk of history here. The dates are hidden on different items that you would see
2: during the time. Just a cobwebs. <sighs> cobwebs, birthday cakes, In the web. You know, oh, and the, the die cut cover yeah. is just killer. You know, it's a gimmick, I guess, or whatever. No, but I
0: mean, it totally works. Not a gimmick. Yeah. What do we got there? We've awesome. Got, we've got Sabrina's house, and then she's looking out the window, and it's a, it's a, it's a pull open. It's really, really neat. It's totally man. dope. So, Although, um, man, uh, comic books. We are t- sitting here talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Being dope. Real dope. That is. Uh, that is an awesome thing yeah. about the times we are in.
2: And I just imagine how it gets made right so you hear about certain books where you get a pitch right where it's not coming from the company yeah and i just wonder how one afterlife with archie gets made did like these guys did aguero Sa- saska and and Frank Avila bring that to archie and go dudes we should totally do this you know and they were like he, you know some editor was actually like yeah we should do that because they didn't cook that up in editorial, did they? Oh, no. I mean, and
0: Archie? Who knows? Maybe right? they
2: did. Maybe they hired a new guy or a new gal, and they said, yeah.
0: you know what we should do. I mean, those two, they're doing cool stuff in the Archie editorial totally. universe. If you look at Life with Archie stuff. Archie, Archie's,
1: Archie's selling, too. Totally. Man.
0: Yep. Yeah, Archie's selling.
1: All right, Nick, what do you got for us book number two?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with an image number one. It's Birthright. You were raving about this book a second ago. It just totally knocked me out. I, I was so surprised by how much I liked it. I read a uh, little preview and I, I agree. It's, uh, so it's Joshua Williamson. It's is doing the writing. Andre Brisson. Um, what is the pitch for this book? So a family loses one of their sons. They're, he's out, you know, the dad's playing catch out in a field. He throws a ball into the woods. The kid's gone. And their lives are just shattered. Right? right? Everybody thinks that the dad did it. It's this huge mess. It destroys their marriage. It destroys their lives. You know, years later, this the cops bring this guy in for questioning, and he's wearing like a suit of armor, and he's got a sword, and he's a grown man, and it's their kid, and he's been in a fantasy universe fighting for fairies, basically. (sighs) Love it. And like, no, this is him. We did the tests. We we took the finger it's, DNA. It's the it's kid. The, this is absolutely the kid. And the dad knows right away. Like, nope, that's my son. Wow. And it's, so I have no idea like where it's going. There's a little bit of a it's a first issue. So there's a little bit of a twist like that. Enough. That alone right. would be amazing. We we could have just followed this family trying to figure out you know what happens after their kids go. We could have just followed this kid's adventures in that magical kingdom. But that's just the setup, and I have no idea where it goes from here because they cool. want to bring him home. Right. All ages. No, I don't think no, so. How bad. are they going to reintegrate them into family life? Man, that's too bad. That would have been a sweet old edgy story. How are they going to integrate them into family life? Especially given the twist. But uh, man, oh man. And like the fantasy universe that they keep flashing to is totally great. I just thought I knew every page. I just thought I knew where oh. this book was going. And then it went in a totally I different direction. I love it when that happens. Oh man. I mean, this is just a giant It's beautiful. Dude. And even like in, in a couple of pages, I'm just totally sold on this fantasy realm. That this kid gets sucked into, and he's supposed to be the hero. He gets there, and like, hey, you're the hero. You're here. Now you can save the kingdom. But that's not what the book's about. Right. I loved it so much. I'm Sweet. super, super excited. So this is
2: Birthright number one? Birthright
0: from number one. It's from Image. Image It's Image, an Image number one. Weird. Weird. We're going to sell out of that one. Yeah, probably Because uh, I'm going to buy a copy. I'm saying. Too- <laughs> we should sell
2: out of it. Don't miss this one. Yeah. So uh, who's the writer real quick? Let's just talk about him briefly. Joshua,
0: Joshua Williams. Joshua Williams. Why do we know the name? Refresh me. He did... Um, Is he most, Five Ghosts? He might be Five Ghosts. I'm going to look into that okay. and get back to you. But All right. yeah, um, he's, uh, I don't know, I was reading, the, the book that I was reading before this, which was, we'll, we'll talk about in a second, but it's, it, he has such a particular style. And yeah, I'll get into it and we'll find okay. out the other stuff that he's done. But yeah, Josh Williamson, Andre Bresson, Birthright, number one. Awesome. Well, I'm going to
1: dive into my third book we've talked, we've alluded to it a little bit today. It's a Batgirl thirty-five should be Batgirl number one. They're kind of redoing the Batgirl series here. This book has a huge amount of hype coming towards it, and it is totally
2: deserved. I am hugely psyched for it, so I will. Yeah, I, I understand that hype because I am, I am feeling it.
1: So Cameron Stewart, Brendan Fletcher are the writers on this one, oh, cool. and then the greatest artist name of all time, Babstar.
2: That's a good. Is name. doing
1: the art. And I will say, I was a bit shocked, I thought this book was going to be a little bit more focused towards younger readers, just by the art that I've seen thus far. Yeah. Um, you know, she's very selfie, very tech-aware. So I think
2: it's younger readers, right? But it's not like young readers, it's new. like 1820. Yeah, that's definitely readers.
1: who this book is is marketed towards, because there's a lot of alludes to partying and drunkenness and bad decisions while drunk of a sexual nature, but that being said... For that age range, this book represents a certain culture in the eighteen to early twenty that I would there. argue no other book is doing right now. The artist, killer. so the, yeah, the idea is that Barbara Gordon moves into this part of Gotham that's like across the river, right? And it's essentially like Brooklyn. Right, it's like hipsters. There's a barista with a handlebar mustache and neck tattoos. It's all about technology, and so we
0: can't relate to that at
1: all. In no, Ann Arbor. not no, Ann Arbor. we never have that. No, but I will say one of the things I was complimenting Team Titans about is that I feel like it's very current. I would argue the same thing is happening with this Batgirl. So the plot is the bad guy out there is this guy who hacks people's cell phones. And computers, and then blackmails them for whatever reason. Mm. And so Barbara, because she's a tech genius, is not only trying to fight crime, but is trying to figure out like why is this person blackmailing all these people via tech. Mm. Um, but there's some stuff with Black Canary going on, and uh, someone is definitely targeting background Black Canary. But the art is super cool. It kicks it's kicks a so ton yeah. of ass. It's so
0: word bubble heavy. I love. Oh that. yeah, a lot, of talking. I'm a lot at, of talking. I'm looking at a shit. A lot word of,
1: um, sexuality, in this book. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sexuality in this book. I was
2: very. So you would say like um, more so than if you were between eighteen and twenty four, or or spot on for that sort no, of.
1: If you're eighteen, if you're hell. In today's world, if you're 16, this book is
2: probably yeah. fine. Put some prints on it. Um, hey I mean, today's know, standards, I mean, sheesh.
0: With kids today? With the kids today, yeah. So
1: there's, it also, a big part of this book is like her using mobile hookup apps to like find bad
2: guys. Ooh, that just happened in New Girl. Yes, it did. Sorry, New Girl, Sorry, Shout we're, both,
1: out. we're both fans. Um, wow. <laughs> I can't believe what I just So there's like watched. this, there's like this Tinder app called Hook. And Barbara puts herself on there. Hook with a Q? Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good name. But so in this company, this Hook hook Company is also playing like a much larger role in what's going on. There are people they know that like work for this company and it's one of these big tech buildups. But man oh man, this book is so. I mean, it makes me feel a little old, but um, I think for that 16, 17, 18, 22, 23 crowd, this is their culture. There's Dubstep. There's hipsters. There's ta- references to like tattoo parlors and drinking cheap beer and having hangovers. I and do all up. that stuff. You are a special breed, though, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's, it's, wait! I completely relate to this. <laughs> I'm tumbling right now. I have <laughs> tats all over my neck. But um, God, it's a it's a cool book. It look it's a part of Gotham. That we haven't had a chance
2: to see that logically
1: exists. Sure.
2: So in a city like Gotham, which is clearly a Chicago or a New York or or a Detroit, right? Right. Yeah. There's there's big city with
0: burbs and right. Yeah. And young folks and, and young and, folks and the kids today.
1: And you know she's going through financial hardship. You know, like it, they make a point to say she broke. Right, so she's like shacking up
2: with a bunch of people in this tiny
1: apartment, mm-hmm.
2: and uh, it's just, it's cool. I think it's great. So can we uh, talk quickly about the most important aspect of this book? Which is? Her new outfit.
0: <sighs> so. Not no, the most no, no, important no, 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 aspect, then, no, I'm kidding, no, no, of course, obviously No, 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 but people are talking about it a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I don't know how much I want to get, something happens to all her gear. Yes, and essentially she has to start anew. Okay. Oh, so there's a they,
0: there's a reason for it. She's oh yeah. Not just a, okay.
1: Yeah, and um, God, they do such a good job of illustrating her like recall memory uh, ability, which is great. But um, yeah, so all of her stuff gets jammed out, and uh, she needs. Ooh, this is a new costume making montage. Yeah, there's a costume making oh, montage, cool. which I think. Our friend Charlie up at Grand Rapids is going to thoroughly enjoy. (laughs) But, yeah, so there's a reason that she has to make her new costume. Man,
2: look at how cool that new outfit is, though. It's really great.
1: And it's got, like, everything that a realistic 20-something superhero would need. Like, phone holder. You're probably going to need that, you know? And, it's yeah, it's real cool. And uh, the other thing I really like about it is just coming off Gotham Academy... Gotham Academy leaned heavily on the fact that there was the Batman connection. Sure. Um, and this book has no reference to any of that. Dang, She's, I loved Gotham Academy. I'm just gonna I say that. That's a missed
0: opportunity, it seems like. But
1: it it flows so well yeah. that I didn't miss it. Like I thought that it were like, where's Nightwing? You know, like right. where's Grayson? Right. Where's Bruce? They're gonna drop him in here somewhere. No, none of it. Well, I like that. And it's great because she stands on her own. Sure. And it's her I think it's done on purpose because, like, she does things with technology that I don't think those guys could really. Can
0: do. I ask you this? There's in comic books and in TV shows. It really bugs me when they try to like artificially force technology and like you know text messages right. and you yeah know, references to websites. Sure, and yeah, it can be real hackneyed. It seems like they're just trying to give the appearance of it. Does you know, you
1: know I, in this because this in this day and age, like. Like, with this Hook app, yeah. you instantly know what it's referencing. But it's not over the top. You feel no. it's woven in there No, and there's, like, panels yeah. where it's just her reading emails that she's getting sent to her. Yeah. And that's how they deliver a lot of backstories, through these, like, email segments. Um, and it doesn't feel gimmicky. I mean, no. she's a tech... That's, she's a, that's part she, of her she, character. Yeah, which she's which techie. makes sense. And she lives in this area where these tech startups are and it, it just flows really well and it, I, I feel like an email is a really good way to give us that background info with having to waste three or four panels of her talking to someone sure. right. and having dialogue and in today's day and age this is how we communicate so it just flows very
2: naturally and exposition is tough and it almost never works yeah. well yeah. it almost always comes off as like yeah. We're filling you in. And especially so, so far, if it's
0: gimmicky in that way. But if, yep. it, if it works, it works. But man, I can't, I can't wait to read it. It's... Who cover's got, killer. Who wrote this book?
1: Uh,
0: Cameron Stewart. Yeah, Cameron
1: Stewart and... Oh, let me... Uh, Bre- Brendan Fletcher. Did the art? Uh, no, co-writers. Both writers. Got yeah, it.
2: Babs Tarr is the artist. I feel like Brendan Fletcher was also involved in Gotham Academy at some point. I think so. In some yeah. way, I mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally cool. Totally different art style from anything we're seeing from the Gotham world right now.
2: Well, Bab is officially permanently on my radar.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: I love, I love the way this book looks. It's just so,
1: man. It you know this this twenty year old something group has been so underrepresented, and like the people that should be representing them um, aren't. Well, I, like
2: a good section of the population. Like group. how there's no other characters brought in. You know, and it's just this is just Batgirl's book and Black Canary and bla- you know yeah. Black Canary, but I think you, we don't need that. You know, no. the folks that are going to be looking for this book aren't necessarily there for any other characters. Sure. You know, and it's cool. Let it stand on no, its absolutely. own. Absolutely. Because you know, there's
0: time for that. You know, sure. Where they're gonna. Right.
2: Yeah. Yep. We'll get there if we get there. Yep.
0: Right. Great, great start. Star. Brendan Fletcher is writing uh, Gotham, Gotham Academy. Academy with Becky Clinton That's as well. Yep. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great
1: book. Totally worth your time. So pick it up.
2: All
0: right, Curtis, number three, what do you got for us? I'm going to go curveball
2: with SpongeBob Comics. That is a curveball. Number friend. 37. SpongeBob <laughs> Comics? I know. Wait a minute. This is that- that's for little babies. So secret story about Curtis. I love SpongeBob. I think no one is
0: shocked to hear that. Oh, I love
2: SpongeBob so much. Oh, okay. Like in a huge way. So my daughter has loved SpongeBob forever. Yeah. And was that just, your
0: introduction to Spongebob? Was it through
2: your daughter? Through her, but I mean, we you know did it at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, She didn't have to convince me. We both sat down and watched an episode of Spongebob, and it's like, boom, I'm in. Yeah. I love it. It's reverent as hell. It's very smart in its stupidity. It makes all kinds of really neat cultural sort of... Uh, References and paradigms without being heavy handed in any way yeah. it's like the best cartoons that you remember where it's just getting all the stuff right the jokes are fun it's not
0: afraid to just be
2: just weird. super weird it's hell uh,
0: yeah I it's got SpongeBob.
2: a it's got a huge heart Spongebob's heart is as big as the ocean in he's which he he's a really he good happens. dude he's a super good dude he loves everybody wants everybody to be happy he loves his job he goes to work at the Krusty Krab every day and he and loves it he loves his job that you know, might be
0: my favorite thing about
2: it. It's the jam. He's going yeah. to work and he's just singing songs and he's got a smile on his face because I'm Mr. going to
0: work. Mr. Krabs is just the biggest jerk <laughs> in the a world huge jerk. and he's, twi- he's he's trying to he's pinching every penny. He's but SpongeBob just all he wants to do is just flip those burgers totally
2: and do the best he can and yeah. and he'll get there and then he'll say hey Mr. Krabs and Mr. C- Krabs will be a jerk to him and he will be like thank you <laughs> and you know go flip burgers. So anyways. Love Spongebob. I thought uh, this cover on this particular issue is just blowing my mind. Psychedelic, for oh. sure. So the, the tagline for this issue is Underwater Dreams and Nightmares. Spongebob's comics. Um, it's a fantastic cover. So this does what like Adventure Time does with these goofy kids' comics. It pulls in like, the best and brightest cartoonists in the whole industry. The amount of skill involved in putting out this comic just blows my mind there's yeah. six or seven short stories in here each one from a different artist with an outrageously good art style right are you digging this right now completely dig look at the the spongebob looks so weird it's so awesome it's right so good and there's like great crazy pinups nightmare calling
0: so it's how many different stories is it So like six or seven short stories so it's like a halloween issue effectively right? um because it's nightmares? No, not I'm so not much. sure. Yeah, oh, no, okay. I
2: don't know. I can't I can't I can't I'm not detecting an overt Halloween theme.
0: Yeah. That was a classic SpongeBob like episode theme though. Is they would like once every couple of seasons they would do like the Dreaming. Look at this episode. story. Dream of the Dreaming Dreamer. Look yeah. at that art. Yeah, it's really dope. dope.
2: It kills, right? So, um I won't go on and on about it cuz you probably already heard tons about SpongeBob somewhere. Look at this. Is that a one-page James Kuchalka Spongebob comic? Oh, my goodness. It totally is. So, um... Wow. If you're looking for a random smile on your face, grab any <laughs> single issue of Spongebob. Throw a dart at the stack of Spongebob comics, grab one. Yeah. You won't be sad. Look at this, this back cover.
1: Spongebob dreaming about a burger flipping him.
2: And look how happy he is. Oh, he's thrilled. He's loving it. Gary's like... Meow!
0: He's dreaming about work. I know. I don't know anyone who does that. He's so contented (laughs) and filled with joy. Yeah. We sound like management right now, (laughs) is the other thing. (laughs) Be happy at your job. All
1: right, Nick, number three, what do you got for us? I am so pumped about this book. Please tell me it's great. It's
0: Witches. Witches, number one. Witches. It's Witches spelled with a Y. Is there a thematic reason for the Y? Not yet. But why not? (laughs) You're terrible. So this is Scott Snyder writing Jock. Scott Snyder, who's that? Scott Snyder has done a ton of stuff. So mm. right now he's doing the current Batman run. Oh, yeah. I haven't
2: I've meant to read that. I haven't checked it out. You haven't
0: checked out any of the new Batman no. stuff? That's bullshit. I know you're lying. Okay, I'm lying. It's great. It's really, really good. Okay. He did the wake, he just wrapped up the wake Whoa. recently. American Vampire. Oh. Who was telling
1: me they had oh, someone told me they liked the wake so much they haven't finished it on purpose? Amanda was hard. Amanda, about yeah. yeah. And she was like, I'm saving it for the crappiest of crappy days, and then I will finish well, it Well, it's not a bad idea, though, yeah, right? Just keep good.
2: a keep a nugget keep on, on lock. Back, on the back you burner. Know? Yeah. This is... Uh, so... Oh, and wait, you said the artist is Jock?
0: It's Jock. I'm talking about Jock, Curtis.
2: Oh, well, I just love him so much. Yeah. He did another Batman comic uh, called The Black Mirror, with Scott yeah. Snyder. Oh, was that the So later. damn good. That's right. Oh, Francovia did the other half of that. So it's Francisco Francovia and Jock. So dang good. Anyways, Jock, super good. He's done a ton of your favorite books.
0: And they're both in top form. So I love Scott Snyder. Yes. I think sometimes, because he writes these big characters and these big stories, mm-hmm. sometimes you lose some of the small character stuff which is my favorite thing in, yeah. in comic books. We were talking about it earlier. Yep. When you really like pull the camera in close and we get to know it. it's like when it's character driven, right? Yep. So, when he's writing Batman, everybody talks like it's Batman and everything is the you know, sure. it's filled with import and, you know, a little more bombastic if you will. It's bombastic, it's very solemn, you know, there's just a tone to his dialogue that feels kind of larger than life because that's the kind of stuff that he writes sure. and he writes it really really well. Mm-hmm. This is like I, if you had just given me this book, I would not have guessed that it was Scott Snyder, just based on the way that people are talking to each other, the way that the characters are relating. It's another book about a family. Actually. I love that, by the way, when a writer can get out of their comfort zone a ex- little
2: bit. And, and you read it, and you if you didn't look at the name, you'd be like, hey, what? this is good. Who is this? Who is this? Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I had to like go back and like, wait, this is Scott Snyder? So it's um, the upshot is that it's not really clear what the kind of the big scope is yet, but this, uh, this family moves to a new town after this horrible thing happens to the daughter of the family, something involving witches, maybe, and mm. they're trying to like kind of figure their new lives out in this new town, and I think it's uh, New Hampshire. Mm. But uh, there's some supernatural stuff involved, but what drew me in was just like how fleshed out the dad is a, a graphic novelist, it looks like. Um, the daughter, because of this horrible thing that happened to her, she's like, she's got, you know, she's got some, like, panic attack issues, she's trying to figure stuff out, she's in a new town, and it, it is just, it's so real and touching, and I just loved it. It was really, really good. Um, it's not clear yet, and some horrible things happen, also, because it's a horror book, called Witches, by Scott Snyder, so some really violent and and gross things happen over the course of the book, um, but that's not what I remembered, I remembered how the dad... Talks to his daughter and how they seem like they really like each other oh. as people and know each other really well. I think that's tough to do. It's super tough to do, yeah. and, and that's what I remembered about it. Not any of the supernatural stuff, and uh, I really, really liked it. So, is this is Image?
2: This is another that's Image right. number one. I picked wow. two Image number ones this week.
0: Jeez, I know we're broken record. Super Skull loves Image comics. There's just uh, no getting around it.
2: Here's the thing: I read a lot of comics from a ton of comic book companies. I hope Image knows that they are, I think, in my opinion, the single best publisher in in comics. I'm right there. If waiting. you're talking quantity and quality, those they the the
0: stuff they're doing is the best. They're just kicking ass yeah, week man. after they're, week. They're pushing the whole industry forward in ways that are – I mean, this is not based on anything. This is a totally – and then Birthright, which we were talking about a second right. ago. It's just totally new ideas that are super exciting.
1: The one thing I will say about Image – um and we just had Otis Frampton, the author of Oddly mm-hmm. Normal, come into the store. Is that I think an area that they have are not exploring enough is the all ages. I mean, they have like one all ages book. That's true. And, yeah, um, that's true. you know, that's a, such a growing market. It makes me a little, they put out so much good stuff week after week after week. There's yeah, always that's a good you know, point. But the all ages well, isn't quite so.
2: The, I was thinking about this a little bit because we had talked about it a little bit. And I don't mm-hmm. think Image has necessarily a publishing agenda like other publishers. Right. So I started mm. kicking it around in my brain. They're like it seems more like creators are bringing a pitch to them. Yeah. And they're they're kicking around and going, yeah, this could we should do this one. This could work. That's what
0: we hear anecdotally when that's, we talk to folks, and when you read about it, that's exactly. what it seems like's going on. So you know, we're
2: at Marvel and DC. They're looking at the pie graph and stuff, and they're going, okay, so we got to have six all ages books this month. We got to yep. have
0: six tween books. The giant algorithm gonna, monster that runs yep. those companies says, this is how many books we're going to put out this month. Exactly, yep. we're going to do this book, and it's going to be like
2: this for this age group. Let's f- somebody find the talent to plug that hole. Yeah. And I just wonder. I don't know. Yeah. But like you say, anecdotally, when we talk to like folks that work for Image or have worked with Image, it's always like we had this idea. We went to Image. We took it to them. Yeah, they let us do it. You know, so I wonder, right? Yeah, if they have like a thought like that, if the editorial's
0: going, hmm. And is that folks just not going to them? Like we have this idea for our, right. for an all ages book, but you there know, should be because totally. it's it's a growing market. Right. We see it in our shop all the time. Our all ages section is. The, it's a highway. I mean, it's just—it's oh, con- yeah. nuts. Look at, yeah.
2: Well, in a good all ages book, you know, it's not necessarily books for kids, but good all ages books sell right. to everybody, right? So, look it's, at Lumberjanes. It's easier for us to sell those those books, you know. Yeah. Hey, this book is literally good for your eight year old daughter, it's and you, and you, and your thirty two year old dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah.
0: Lumberjanes so. is a
1: perfect example.
0: Absolutely. So anyway, this was witches number one, Scott Snyder. It's great. And before I leave, it's great. It's great. I loved it. And that was we were talking about Joshua Williamson a second ago and he's doing a ton of sweets. So it's ghost not five ghosts, but ghosted. Ghosted. Yeah. But right. he's also doing Nailbiter. Right. Oh, that's right. He wrote that Uncharted comic that was better than it really had any right to be. I liked it because I'm a huge fanboy. He was working on Voodoo and he's done a ton of stuff. Wow. Um, so yeah. He's great and uh, but Birthright is is the most excited I've been about Joshua Williamson. So, nice. Yeah, I'm into it. Awesome. awesome.
1: All right, well, those are our recommendations for the week. You should definitely check all of them out, because let me tell you what, this was a real strong week for comics. Now, we're getting to the Smoky Steamy, which is where Curtis Sullivan
0: goes through... Oh, no, it's not, my friend. <laughs> Pull the record needle off. This week, Marcus is doing the best. No! nasty. Oh, That's man. right. Here are the rules. Wait, I... I- <laughs> oh, what every week someone has to go through the giant stack of comics oh, that are showing up at the shop they were, per- uh, they were curated by me by the way this hand-picked beautiful stack by Curtis yeah. this week <sighs> and what happens is one participant has to go through each book and in 30 seconds sell each and every one of these books I'm so nervous right now I'm like sweating don't fuck this up <laughs> And you have to go one title at a time, Yep. Nope. however many you can get through, it's fine. But if I'm not personally sold on the book, I'm not going to count it. Can now, if I get to a book and can I skip it? You can absolutely skip okay. it, but you'll be judged. <laughs> no, no, you should totally just pass if you want to keep going. Okay. Because if I'm not sold, I'm not counting it. Oh, man, I am so nervous right now. Okay. I am mm. so excited right now. Me too. So this is a part that I'm going to edit out. Feel my palms. Feel. That's how nervous I am. Oh, you're so clammy. Yeah. Don't be nervous. Don't slip on the books, too. Are you ready? Time starts
1: now. Axis, Avengers, X-Men, Coming Together, Iron Man has some great lines about botany. Sex Criminals, Dirty Name, Great Book, Lots of Plot, Definitely Check It Out for Adults Only. Dark Ages, Greatest Medieval Alien Book You've Ever Seen, Not Joking. Not Joking. Earl's 2, Worth End. Look at this Superman. Look at this Batman. Totally different, yet totally lovable. Teen Dog, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but for kids today. Hawkeye vs. Deadpool. It's Hawkeye and Deadpool. You don't need any more than that. Copperhead, like Firefly, in space with large monsters. Skip. Futures End 2. It, it happens all the time. You should check
2: it out. Stop. Stop.
1: You're doing such a great job. Nice.
2: that was... Oh, my goodness. You
0: fucking cocksmoker. I gotta be honest. (sighs) Edit that out, sorry. I thought that this was gonna be a train wreck, and it would be hilarious. Fucking hot run, buddy. You did a great job. You did seven. Wait, hold on. Am I including... Yeah, you took uh, that one out of there that you skipped. You did seven, my man. Thanks, man. I think that's a new record.
2: That might be a new record.
0: Six is what we were sitting at. Very well done. Thanks. Very, my very, very my heart feels like it's going to beat out of my chest we gotta, right now. We're going to put a gun to your head more often, my friend. Oh my goodness. It was good. Oh man. Wow, that backfired in the best of ways. Well, thanks, gang, for giving me a chance to do that. Great job. <sighs> okay, now we got it. Now you have to pull it together and continue hosting yeah, the podcast. Yeah,
1: like I, my, my, I'm stuttering because I, I was so nervous doing it. That's that. okay. You catch your okay. breath. No. We're going to move on. Okay, I'm good. All I'm right. Back in, Let's do it. Here we go. All right, so now now that we've done that and I've shown you, you don't mess with the old Marcus,
0: we're moving on to
1: industry news. <laughs> industry news. This week, Curtis has some super stuff written down as he peruses the World Wide Web for great things and takes his long string with a giant cup on the end to all those industry people and says, what up? And then they give him the scoop. So we're going to dive into it right you're, now. You're Curtis, what you got for us? in nasty mode right now. Your heart's right still
2: beating. So well, like, when you say a cup and a string, you're talking like old-timey telephone technology. Yeah I,
1: have, yeah, I have just this dream that you have kind of a red cup in your bedroom, and you're
2: like, industry, what's going on? And then, you know, they just pass That's it That's exactly around. how yeah. it happens. Yeah. Um, so what do I got? Oh, industry news. Okay, so a few things, but I'm super excited about Unbeatable Squirrel Girl.
0: Oh, man. What the hell is that? So
2: Marvel just announced that they're doing a Squirrel Girl comic. Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. It uh, is by Ryan North. Is writing it dinosaur comics, dinosaur comics, uh, Adventure Time comics. He just wrapped up a book called Midas Flesh that was very very cool. Um, the art is by this girl Erica Henderson who does uh, a webcomic called Subatomic Party Girls that looks totally great. That's I a didn't really read it. good title. It's, yeah, the art's fabulous. Um, you got to buy it. So I didn't. I just you know I dug around. I saw some images. The art's super sharp.
0: Yeah, Ryan North is one of the. F- Funniest comic book writers. That dude makes me laugh out so, loud. Like, he d- rules.
1: Dinosaur Comics, if you are ever intoxicated and want to <laughs> laugh really hard, yeah. Dinosaur Comics is your jam. Okay. There's one about Batman. Batman. Where Tyrannosaurus is talking about like when I get old, I'm still gonna love Batman, and that's what I look forward to the most. And
2: it's just it's some of the funniest stuff out there. It's my favorite web comic, uh, my favorite web clip dinosaur art comic. <laughs> period. Far none. Just like bananagrams is my favorite banana shaped letter game. <laughs> easily best web comic with dinosaurs. Um, so Ryan North, yeah, he kicks butt, and uh, I'm I'm very excited about this book. Cool. Uh, yeah. The creative team behind it just kicks ass. And the reason I bring it up and the reason I'm so excited is because Marvel um, has been doing, you know, Miss Marvel and She Hulk and Hawkeye yeah. and Daredevil. And they just keep going with with these kind of books. Books that are outside of, I think, their comfort zone and uh, are best selling books. Can I, can I talk so, about my more.
1: my fear with uh, Unbeatable Squirrel? Girl. Go. So, first of all, I like a lot of the art, the mouth area. Really bothers me. So it's stylized, but I love it. But everyone's making like little, little, you gotta that little, little the, like chipmunk, little like chipmunk faces. The book is Squirrel Girl, dude. Yeah, I understand that, but so and what I, but that doesn't mean that you should compromise. That the Everyone mark should for do squirrel face. Yeah. So my second worry is, there they have this character who not a lot of people know about and has some pretty hefty achievements under her belt. Sure. Right. But. She-Hulk is is well developed Hawkeye is well developed they have goofy moments in both of them is this going to be goofy over well developed? No I don't think so I I
2: think this is come for the talent which is the art and the writer stay for Squirrel Girl Okay I think Ryan North is the guy to, to make us love Squirrel Girl yeah. She was in a real goofball team called the Great Lakes Avengers. I love the Great in Lakes it. Avengers. Yeah, yeah that's right. But. Yeah. And
1: they were in Detroit, right? Isn't that this, where they were housed uh, out of? I don't remember. I think, exactly. they, I think their secret lair was in Detroit.
2: But it's like Valkyrie, but she had yeah. no powers, and she was just like really into Tai Chi and yoga. And her outfit was incredibly skimpy. And, yeah. Um, it was it was incredibly fun. I haven't thought about the Great Lakes Avengers in a minute. It, it was, was totally cool. badass. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I'm hype and do more books like this. Marvel, keep going, keep yeah. keep uh, going. DC, pay attention. You're you're on the path. I think they, I
1: think DC is though. I think they are paying attention. They're they starting to figure stop. it out. You know, I think yeah. they're, starting starting to, stop, yeah. they're starting to
2: figure it out for sure. Um, so really, really fast. I guess we're running out of time. We are going to do Fox, maybe doing a live action uh, X Men TV show. Let's hope. Rumor real rumor is they're deep in development. Deep in, no, I, All right. I. Think- uh, Five Ghosts from Image is uh, in development currently. It's sci-fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotham, the TV show. Loving it. I can't can't wait to watch number three. I like one and two so far. I
1: love most of it. I should say. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: and then uh, more New York Comic Con news. There's a new Gru comic book. Secret about Curtis. Another secret. You're learning so many secrets about me. Man. Gru is one of my all-time favorite comic book characters. It's the first character that I learned how to draw comic book character oh, no, no, yeah. I didn't know you ever did drawing I'm stuff. a very good drawer of Gru I could probably do a drawing of Gru right now from oh, memory man, and it's I, been a really long time maybe, really um,
1: maybe one of our prizes
2: it's the original creative team of Mark Evanier mm-hmm. Google Mark Evanier's name and you'll be shocked to learn that he's done everything you've ever liked in cartoons or comics or anything else mm-hmm. he's just a wonderkin uh, Sergio Aragona's best art ever um, I did not realize that Stan Sakai has been the letterer on this book for years and years and years. You say, "Yo, Jimbo, creator Stan Sakai." I didn't know that is the letter of Gruen has been for is many a gangster, many years, man. Yeah,
1: Stan Sakai rocks
2: totally. So that's all I got. Also,
1: okay. uh, Flash. Gets premieres tonight, Ooh, Tuesday. Yeah. Tomorrow, as we've said, Arrow, season three. This is, you, you know, you make a comment often that this is the golden age of comics. I do make and that comment. I agree often. with you from the paper aspect. Yes. But I also agree with you with the movies and the TV, even though there's some bad stuff out there. And it all feeds it, it right? all, right. It's this giant, never has the media of comics and the fashion of comics been better than it is right now. Yeah. And if you're not taking advantage of it, I, I you know, I, this, this it will downfall at some point. I don't know. I don't you know? know if that's true, though. Oh, I, it I, has I, to. You know,
2: I, I wonder. Um, people keep waiting for the great crash, but we, we've been—we're 14 years right. since Spider-Man 1, and it is showing absolutely no signs of abating. Right. I get it. But
0: the the film you're talking about. I am talking about the. Movie and you wouldn't from say Spider-Man. that about so comics because we've seen it in comics. So that I think it's a fair question to ask. Right? right? Are we going to see a crash? The inevitable. But you fall don't off. talk about the crash of film. No. You know what I'm saying? And I think finally the graphic novel and the comic book work story we just treat it like any other media. I think there's we, going to we be shitty stuff. Reach there's a the tipping point. All, of, exactly. Yeah. I think mm. that's what's different about now. That's ne- that we've never seen before. Totally. Interesting. Is that it's tr- being treated as an art form and people can make a living doing it maybe for the first time ever. And so. it's accessible to more people than it's ever been. And Absolutely. You know, moms mm. love
2: the Avengers. Oh, yeah. You totally. know what I mean? Families love to go see guardians Absolutely. Of the galaxy. and it's a, We're in a whole new imagine
0: world. if you will a pinwheel I, where one part of the pinwheel is feeding the next part because the mm-hmm. air is circulating and it's all feeding. so the movies feed the comics which mm-hmm. feed the creators which feed the comics and it all just cycles around and goes faster and faster and faster and when you look at all the talent the way the talent's bleeding into all the stuff
2: Comic book people doing video game stories, you know, yeah. and just doing storyboards for films and, do, you know, becoming showrunners on TV shows, and, and the talent is just wiggling all through all
0: this, yeah. this stuff. Absolutely. And maybe conscientious and thoughtful retailers doing their best. That's right. Just fighting the good, good fight. In the trenches, if you will.
2: Almost like soldiers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On the front lines.
1: I call dibs on being Captain America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I love Captain America more. I understand that, but... We went way off on a tangent there. Yeah, I'm there. sorry. I had no idea what we were originally that, talking right. about. That's right. But at but some I point in it. this
1: podcast, we will assign superheroes to everyone. All right. So I call no, Teen Prez.
2: Ooh. Anyway, keep going. I knew you were going to call Teen Prez. I know. You love him. All right.
1: So now we're getting into our fan question. Nick, we have a great fan question this week. Why don't you hit
0: us off? So actually, we've had this question twice. Mm-hmm. And, Two uh, times. And we're finally going to get it. So both Spencer and uh, Charles, or Chuck have uh, both asked us. So I'll read uh, uh, Chuck's question, which is, um, as Curtis would say, in this era of worldwide webs and internets... I would say that? I think that sounds so. like something I'd say. Other than the awesome Super Skull podcast, uh, what websites or other resources do you turn to for comic news updates and reviews? Uh, I like checking out the Comicsology poll list to see what's coming out and I did the iFanboy website before it just became a podcast, what else should I be checking out? Oh, Chaz is the other nickname that he goes by. Oh, Chaz. Oh, it's Chaz. Oh, Chaz Lindquist. Yeah. Yeah. So also Spencer asked a a really similar question recently, which is what's the best way to keep up on an upcoming comic? So people want to know. Yeah. So the most
1: underutilized resource in the comic shop, previews. Totally. We, Diamond Distribution, who... For better or worse, mm-hmm. is the distribution center for almost all the comics. Just about everything. Puts out these books that literally have everything they're putting out it's in the next two months. It's yeah. 500 two pages. Two months from now. Th- yeah. Yep. And it's it's organized fairly well.
0: And it's like five bucks. It's an invaluable resource. It's not exciting reading. No. This is not critical reviews or anything. Yep. It's occasionally they'll throw in an interview or something. Sure. O- occasionally. But yep. it's, mo- it's solicitations for books written yep. by, you know, the copy editors from the people that are working on those books. Right. Yep. So it's just cut and dry. This is what's coming out. Yep. So absolutely. Previews. Right. It's always for sale at your local comic shop. Invaluable. Totally. And
1: it, for, for those of us that like to plan ahead... It's a great way to be able to call your comic shop and say, like, hey, I want to add this to make sure I get number one. That's the thing. A
0: lot, Not a lot of people. So we find out about comics that are coming out.
1: Through previews. Two months
0: before they come right. out. And that's when we start ordering it. So we're ordering now October for books that are going to come out in December. Correct. So previews is a great way to, <clears throat> yeah. like, you know, if you ever find yourself coming into the comic shop and not being able to get that thing that you wanted, previews. That's yep. your answer.
1: And also, it's not just books; it's toys, it's statues, absolutely, it's, you know, all kinds Apparel of stuff. Apparel,
0: yep. Right. So, so right after that, previews. Yeah. Not the most exciting thing to read in the world, but totally the most gets thorough the job done. for sure. The most yeah. thorough, most comprehensive. Yeah. And absolutely. if you're already
2: um, buying books too, the backs of your favorite comics. I'm not always a huge fan of ads throughout my book, mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan of ads in my comic book that don't pertain to comics. Yeah. I don't want to read about, you know, toilet paper. You know, in the middle of my comic book, but at the back of a book, a lot of publishers will put ads for their other books. Yeah, mm-hmm. also a neat way, especially publishers that maybe you're just starting to get into, like, boom. You yeah. know, if you picked up like a Wilds End or something, they've got some cool ads in the back for other stuff you might dig. Sure. So that's another way. So those are obvious ways. You
0: had your ads. You got your previews. Yep. What else we got? So there's some webs. The websites I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I like Comics Alliance a lot. I, I think do. those guys are really, really good. Yep. At it. Um, Chad says that they're okay. Chaz, uh, Comics Alliance and CBR, but I think Comics Alliance is rock solid in yep. terms of criticism, in terms of like staying current on stuff that's happening. Their best art ever this week is one of my favorite things it's on, very good. on the internet. Yeah. Yep. Every single agreed. Week. The
1: toy one, the stuff stuff we found. Yep, they do like the toys that people picked up is really cool that's as well really, for those yep. of us who are into toys.
0: Comic Book Resources CBR is pretty good, but they get a little top five heavy and they're a little media heavy too absolutely it's real little little kind of
2: Hollywood what what your, what your, favorite comic or cartoon that you've loved yeah. forever is now becoming something else which isn't necessarily b- bad absolutely. I
1: feel like they get a little they have a couple authors who get a little preachy like on this CDR. yeah this is why you should like this comic book and not that comic book mm. and it's just like come on yeah. like just give me give me what I want to read not this I'm not
0: here for like a moral story totally. about why I should like Batgirl Bleeding Cool is really really good yep um, in terms of just like bulletin points. Yeah. They have a section if you go to their website it's just the left side is all comic news, the right side is all film stuff, and it's oftentimes it's a lot of like comic book related stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's really good. It's not like lengthy in depth essays or anything, it's just yeah, you know.
1: So uh, one, the- one that I use is reddit.com slash r slash comic books. Yeah. Like Reddit's huge. Which is all user submitted. So, instead of going to one place where they have a bunch of people writing for them, you have literally thousands of people scouring the internet and then reposting Dumping these it likes. all. Yep. That being said, it can, if there's like a big event, it can get just loaded with that one thing. Right. Um, yeah, but- The Reddit thing. The, the Reddit slash comic books is huge for me. Absolutely. Because it's like, as soon as something big happens, it's on slash r slash comic books. Yeah. So-
0: One of my favorite sites is actually the Onion AVs Clubs. So comic you're talking book and graphic novel review. So, like, once a month, they'll just do, they'll pick three or four books yeah. or fewer sometimes, and they'll just do in depth. I mean, it's not like, it's not a good place to get current on comic book news, but if you want, you know, for greatest hits and for like really thoughtful reviews mm-hmm. and right. analysis, it's really, really good. I take that. Yeah, comic books and graphic novels, on so, your TV club. Yeah, and, uh, and
2: one that uh, a lot of people might not think of is IGN. Yeah. Because they're a video game website, primarily. They do other stuff. They do media and some TV shows and movies and stuff. But they do a weekly comic review section that's probably 15 reviews. Oh, wow. And they read these books. Yeah. And they are giving, like, a real deal. Check out this book. Here's what's going down. This is why we liked it. They give a score to it. Which is, I can take or leave, sure, sure, you sure. know, because depending on, on you know, your flavor. But IGN, secretly, I th- some of my favorite comic reviews consistently, um, and the amount they get done on a weekly basis is staggering, you know, 15, 20 reviews totally. every week. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: The last one I'll point out real quick is, like, if you have a favorite writer or a favorite artist, there's a 90% chance they're on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I met Dean Tripp, he's the author of Something Terrible, it's a Batman book, really dig his stuff followed him on Twitter, he is friends with other writers that kind yeah. of are in his same zeitgeist and they just share each other's stuff all the time. Right. So now I'm getting all these writers who do non graphic novels about, you know, like child abuse and all that kind of sure. stuff which is really interesting to me and I think the graphic novel is a good medium for that but just start following your favorite people on Twitter they will guide you to projects they're working on and there's nothing more satisfying than like clicking on a photo link from your favorite artist and having like a page with no explanation and just some sketches on like next project totally. it's just a rough sketch that's such a cool feeling
0: so hopefully that helps that's a few stuff so some of it's a little obvious but uh, yeah hopefully that helps a little bit Chaz and Spencer thanks for your question. Please send us more questions all of the time. We love it. Well, thus ends another issue of Super
1: skull, the Vault of Midnight podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter under at Vault of Midnight. And our email address is superskull at vaultofmidnight.com. Super Skull can be heard on SoundCloud and iTunes every week on New Comic Day. Yeah. Leave us some stars and reviews if you like what you've heard or even if you didn't. Our theme song was created... By the Atomic A-Bomb. Our logo was designed by the wizard himself, Philip Wong. Super Skull is brought to you by The Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff since 1996. This is Marcus Schwimmer for Curtis Sullivan and Nick Wybar wishing you good reading. Until next week.